Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings, Podcast 207. I decided, since I was kind of sad lately about all the things, that I would grab Interstellar for rental. It was only like two bucks, so that's okay. And I also have a couple of free iOS games to play. Oh, I guess I forgot to check if they were out for other things. My bad. Check the show notes on that for if they are out on other devices or not. So there is a reasonable amount to talk about this time. So hopefully you'll enjoy the show. Interstellar is probably one of the best classic science fiction movies I have ever seen. And again, for those who aren't familiar with what I mean by calling something a classic science fiction movie, it's basically any movie which focuses kind of on dialogue and story, and typically said story will revolve around some kind of crisis that humanity has come into, And usually a very small group of people will be trying to figure out sort of how to save humanity or go through the process of whatever it is that is required to save humanity. And along the way, there are often sort of challenges or stumblings of the people. And you really question if humanity is worth saving or not. I can see why it's gotten mixed reviews and a lot of people don't like it. On the one hand, again, it's classic science fiction, which a lot of people just really aren't into because it's a lot of drama and it's a lot of dialogue and it's a lot of sort of high conceptual things. Like in Interstellar in particular, they're going and exploring some planets and the planets are near a black hole and so that's warping time and so there's sort of a time difference between the crew, which is saving everybody, and you know the crew that we're following back home on Earth. So that might be a little bit confusing to some people. But also they have some really weird sort of editing style choice. In the first, I guess, 15 or 20 minutes, I didn't really track the time, but it's it's in that first section of the movie. They sort of tell the story of, you know, the main characters and setting up for going out into space. But they do so with sort of an interspersing of sort of messages from the future about the past. So it's sort of like this documentary style of a bunch of old people telling a story about times when they were young, and then sort of, I guess, flashing back to that time actually happening. And the people we see are different people. And there's only one who is sort of the young daughter in the the main group of people, And the rest are just totally different random people. We don't even know who they're supposed to be. So that seems a really, really odd stylistic choice to sort of introduce the movie as a documentary-style thing and then not carry that through the rest of the movie. Additionally, they change the aspect ratio quite frequently. So the movie starts out in 
the very wide aspect of 235, and then it bounces to old school 4x3 with, you know, big black squares everywhere around the border in the old documentary style. And then we'll bounce into 16x9, so it's taking up the widescreen, but it's full view. And so for that first half hour, you're switching between three completely different aspect ratios, which in most movies just isn't done. I've never seen anybody use all three different aspect ratios. I have seen, you know, some films use 16 by 9 and then break into sort of a, a black bordered 4 by 3 for sort of interview slash documentary style stuff. But typically, you know, that's something like a found footage movie or a, a documentary style kind of combination found footage movie where they're going with that style through the entire film. But with Interstellar, you've got the three different aspect ratios in the beginning, and then throughout the entire film, it seems to switch between 235 and 16 by 9 fairly frequently. Not, you know, like every other minute, but it's like maybe, I would guess, every other five to seven minutes it will change. And at first, it kind of seemed like it was doing it for emphasis, like there's one part where they're... I think 235 in the takeoff scene, and then when they get to space and they sort of look back to Earth, it pops into 16 by 9. So you're kind of like, whoa, it's so beautiful. The scenery is amazing. But then there's other times where it'll just kind of switch location or switch between sort of the crew on Earth or the crew in space, and it'll switch aspect ratios. But neither aspect ratio is specific to one or other location. It just kind of seems to switch back and forth and it'll switch for emphasis or not emphasis. And so it's just really, really confusing in that sort of changing perspective style. I mean, like I said, I guess they did it for emphasis to sort of make people pay more attention because it is a rather long movie. It's like two hours and 45 minutes or something. But I really don't think those choices were necessary. I don't think the interview style stuff at the front explaining, you know, some of what happened to the world is necessary because they actually show that stuff happening pretty quickly right after that. So why are you introducing something that you're going to show, you know, a couple minutes later? It just doesn't seem necessary at all. And it seems really disruptive to the flow of the movie because it's like we're following these characters and then boom, there's this old person talking in a different aspect ratio about something. And then we're back to the other characters. And there's, you know, little to no connection between the old person and the characters. So it just seems a really odd, confusing choice. If I were editing it, I would have told them, you know, the movie doesn't need these scenes. It just interrupts the flow. And, of course, I would have said, you know, pick one aspect and stick to it because people are just going to get confused. Like I said, I, I think they did it for emphasis or to sort of highlight certain aspects of scenes. But, you know, even though we're following some of the same characters, you know, in different places, it's really obvious what is Earth and then what's happening in space. I mean, for one thing, even when they're in space relaxing, they've still got their spacesuit halfway on. So they're always in their, you know, space outfits, as it were. And so even though we've seen a few of the characters on Earth, you know, we know that that's sort of the space time, and we know what's Earth time, 
because, you know, they're completely different scenes. They don't need the aspect ratio changes to go with it. I just thought that was a really bad choice. So as you may have guessed from part of my rambling there, there's basically two main storylines. When the movie starts and it's in the early portion of the movie, it's a, a single line there on Earth. Earth has had some kind of disaster. It's probably supposed to be set, I would guess, a hundred or maybe even a little bit more years from now. They have current-day modern cars and pretty much current-day architecture, but they talk about how a lot of stuff has changed. There was a high level of consumerism, and I guess we ran out of resources. And so we've sort of fallen back, I would say, to maybe early 1900s, when there was just like a hint of some technology. There are still some computers that are like laptops or you know, battery-operated things that still work. We see a few robots that are being used on the farms. There are, you know, obviously the cars, which aren't, you know, super high-tech, but there are, you know, some hints that there was a higher level of technology, and then we sort of fell back to sort of the basics. And then, pretty quickly, we sort of split the movie into sort of two crews, One is the crew that goes off into space that tries to find the answer to save humanity, while the other crew we follow are the people who remain on Earth and sort of try and solve the problems they have with, you know, executing the solution. Because basically there are the explorers in space and they have to check out a few different places we could go. And the people on Earth need to figure out, you know, how exactly can we get there. So despite a lot of the poo-pooing I said about aspect ratios and sort of a a confusing storyline because of that, like I said at the start, it is one of the best classic science fiction movies I have ever seen. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people considered it among like the top five best science fiction movies ever. Like I said, the aspect ratio and that documentary style really should be cut out. It's it's just not necessary and it's confusing. I think if it had been released, you know, with the single aspect ratio and not the interview stuff, it would have been much better received. But if you are somewhat forgiving about those things, and if you are a classic science fiction fan, then you will find that it really is an amazing movie, definitely worth watching. Trying to remember my old school uh, ratings, I would say possibly with popcorn. Like I said, it's extremely long, so a uh, snack isn't really necessary, and there's not a lot of action in it. There, you know, there is some action, but as a long classic science fiction movie, most of it's just kind of drama and talking about stuff. And I would say, you know, if you have friends that are into science fiction, watch it with friends. Otherwise, it might be better you know, watched alone so you can contemplate all the things. But I would highly recommend it. Single white human, looking for group. My stats so high, don't be out of the loop. Got a new elite staff that you can equip. Close your mouth up, ladies, this is pure nerd nick. I'm a fictional-based fantasy. I'm Anso Stoic. I hack and slash who the heck's more heroic. Check me out, cloth armor fits me like a glove. Just Twitter, a time I'm ready for love. So one of the free iOS games I got is called Quest Keeper. It is 
I think, an endless game. And you have a little guy, and he's walking sort of on a platform. And, of course, you know, the platform has various things. It's thinner in some areas, and it's got traps in other areas. And you will swipe one of four directions to sort of change the way you're moving. Kind of like you swipe sort of diagonally up on the screen, and he'll start walking forward. Swipe sort of diagonally left, and he'll start walking left. And the grid is a little bit diagonal. That's why I say, you know, diagonal left or diagonal up. And then, you know, if you were going left and you swipe diagonally right, he would, you know, turn 180 degrees and start going back towards the right. So you do little swipes and he'll change direction, and that's how you avoid the various traps or follow the winding path. Because you can fall off or you can get, you know, spiked and killed or many horrible deaths. And basically, the premise is you're supposed to go as far as you can. There's little treasures that'll get you, you know, more in-game gold and such. And the in-game gold is used to unlock more levels and things like that. I'm not that interested in it because I found that it was really super difficult and I would die anywhere from like 15 seconds to a minute. More often, you know, 15 to 30 seconds. So that's, you know, a little bit too fast for me. You know, you swipe a couple of times and you fall down a pit. After making, you know, two or three turns, it gets really frustrating really quickly. In the reviews I've seen, they've said it's sort of a certain kind of style. So I guess there have been other games in this kind of style slash fashion. So maybe I'm just not used to it. And maybe they just expect players to have, you know, a higher level skill coming in. But it seemed to have a pretty high skill barrier on entry. And so I probably won't play it very much. There's no energy system or in-app purchases. It's just you can play however much you want, and however far you go, you'll build up the gold to unlock things. There is an option to sort of permanently unlock the game, because there are ads, but I I don't remember more than like two ads in maybe the like hour that I've played, so they're not very frequent. I know once I picked up and played about four or five times and I didn't see any ads at all. And the ads will come in, you know, in between your deaths. So it's not like they really interfere with anything. So there's sort of a ad system, but it's not frequent at all. It's very unobtrusive, I guess you could say. So, like I said, it was a little bit too hard for my taste. But if you're into that kind of game, it does seem pretty cool. Seems good. The graphics are stylized, but very cool. I like them. They're they're very sort of... 16-bit old-school style, I guess you could say. And they're kind of cool. They're not, you know, amazing, but they're not terrible. And you're walking on a grid, so, I mean, it it makes perfect sense to have a grid-based sort of system. But it seemed okay, and it's free to check out, so if you were at all interested, you may as well check it out. So the second free iOS game I picked up was called Corridor Z. I had really been looking forward to this one after I heard about it. 
It is one of those infinite running games, which most infinite running games I find kind of meh or get tired of pretty quickly. This one, you are running from zombies, and it's a bit different because you're running towards the screen instead of sort of away from it. So that creates quite a bit more tension. It creates sort of a, I guess, more immediate feel to things because things will come up and they'll be like right there and you won't have a lot of warning that they're coming up. However, that is both a good thing and a bad thing. The good thing is it keeps a much higher level of tension than is normal for these kind of games. But it also means you have extremely little to no reaction time. You have to swipe to the side or up or down to get various things, down to pick up a weapon, the other three directions to sort of either put obstacles in the way of the zombies that are chasing you or turn a corner. But either my phone is too old and slow to register things, or it's just I am too slow because, you know, you have such little reaction time that about half the swipes I was doing wouldn't register. So my games would be over incredibly fast. So for me, uh, again, it could be something with my phone because a lot of games seem to have issues on my phone. I only have an iPhone 4, so it's getting on in age. So maybe it is just, you know, that half-second difference in delay, and it's actually, you know, slower than I think it is. But it made it almost impossible to play. If your phone or device, if it can run on other devices, again, I, I forgot to check. But if if those devices will run it okay, it seemed like it could be quite a bit of fun. There is an in-app purchase system. You do get, you know, money along the way for the distance you run. And that money will unlock various guns or other kind of boosts. I didn't really look into it all that much. Because it seemed like they were, you know, kind of unnecessary. They didn't really seem like they were required to do well. And there's no energy system, so you can play, you know, as much as you want. There were no ads uh, that were forced on you. There was an option to watch an ad for 100 in-game monies, which seemed really cool. I really liked the aspect that you didn't get forced into seeing ads. But like I said, it seemed really way too hard for me. And again, that could just be something with my phone just being too old and, you know, slower to react. But if you are into Infinite Runners and you are looking for something a little bit different, a little bit more challenging, I think, you might want to check out Corridor Z. It is free to pick up. So if you are even possibly interested, why not? So news is really short this time. The only news I have is Mortal Kombat X is due out April 14th. And it's due out for pretty much all the things. It's it's coming out for like everything. 
So if you have been missing Mortal Kombat or you are into fighting games at all, you'll want to keep an eye out for that. It does look pretty cool. I have never been one to like jump right into the fighting games because I'm usually kind of bad at them. And, you know, especially now with not having any money. If I were to be gifted money and somebody said, hey, I'll buy you any game you want, pick one. You know, Mortal Kombat would certainly be much lower on the list. I have easily a half dozen which are above it. But if you are into fighting games, this would probably be one to keep an eye on. Because it does look very solid. It looks like a really good continuation of the series. Even though it's Mortal Kombat X and not Mortal Kombat 10. You know, they have stated it's sort of a a more spiritual successor than a actual immediate following of the previous game. Which seems kind of silly to me. Because it's like, yeah, you guys do have a few new characters, but even as a casual follower of the series, I know... You know, 90% of the characters I've seen are all old school characters or, you know, modifications of older characters. Because, like, I guess, I, I guess they were talking about, you know, Sub-Zero is a certain person, and I guess Sub-Zero has been several people. So, the Sub-Zero I grew up with, you know, is not the same one, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> Sounds like the same guy to me if he has the same powers and stuff. Anyways, if you're into fighting games or Mortal Kombat, that is coming out pretty soon. So that's it for this Rabbit's Ramblings podcast. A few donations from some friend people. So that's pretty cool. I should be okay for a little bit. Probably not much more than a month or two. And then I'll be in panic mode again. And of course, you know, I'm still always in panic mode. Because even though I have enough, you know, for the next month cycle or, you know, maybe even two months. That's still like no money for emergencies. It's still... Not like, phew, I'm safe for a long time. You know, still riding that edge, so I'm still very worried about that. But in terms of my cold, I I think I'm finally starting to get a bit better. My appetite and what I can eat is mostly returning to normal. Though I'm still going to try and avoid, you know, a lot of junk food type stuff. But, you know, being forced to eat ready-to-eat food or microwave food kind of don't have a whole lot of choice. I would be buying more fruit, but, you know, that's kind of pricey, and the fruits I like are pretty rare, so, you know, gotta wait for them to be in season, and then, you know, it's like, I can eat some of them, but, you know, not not all of them, so I have to be, you know, very careful about what I eat. But I guess that's it for this week's Rabbit Tramblings. Maybe, hopefully, I can come up with something else to talk about next time. I've got a new show I'm watching, so I might talk about that. I've seen about four episodes so far. I do like it, but I don't quite know if it'll, you know, sustain itself after the first season. Since there are four seasons, I kind of want to get through at least the first one and a a few of the second season to see uh, what it sticks to in terms of uh, 
plot and style, I guess. Before I talk about it on the show, which people might have seen anyways, because, you know, I started 2011, so people may have already even seen it. But that's it for this time. So, I guess, hopefully, I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. But if you are, you know, somewhat forgiving Brain and brain, what is brain? You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings dot html when you type rabbits ramblings don't use the space if you would like to send me an email you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com if you like my page you can also post on facebook at rabbit dot com you can follow me on youtube at rabbit dot com i have a page on patreon at www dot p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash rabbit r-a-b-b number one t you can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice be sure to put the number one in place of i anytime you type rabbit rabbit's ramblings is copyright 2015 and is released under a creative commons attribution share alike license.